your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. Okay, we're going to be talking about this schizophrenic mind today, and this is a uh, uh, a lot about the disorder, a lot about understanding it, a lot about where it comes from, how it happens, uh, the symptoms, what it looks like, uh, when people get it. We're going to go through a whole lot of information around the schizophrenic mind. But, you know, schizophrenia is a very disabling, chronic, and severe mental illness. And it affects more than 21 million people around the world. I mean, the symptoms include, like, hearing internal voices having false beliefs, disorganized thoughts and behavior. Uh, being, they're usually very flat emotionally, and they often have hallucinations. And these symptoms may leave a person feeling very fearful and withdrawn, and their disorganized behavior can be perceived as incomprehensible or frightening to others. You know, people with schizophrenia may not make sense when they talk. They, they may sit for hours without moving or talking, or, or they may seem like they're talking to themselves. You know, quite frankly, it's, it's uh, absolutely amazing, but a lot of people that live on the streets, and I'm not talking about uh, bums, what I'm talking about is homeless people, uh, oftentimes you're going to see them talking to themselves. There's a lot of schizophrenia out there on the streets as you're driving and you're going to look and you're going to see. And, and usually that's a schizophrenic person if, they're, if they've been out there for a long time. A lot of them are on drugs and other stuff. But usually schizophrenia is a part of that. You know, families and society are affected by schizophrenia. You know, many people with schizophrenia have difficulty holding a job. They are taking care of themselves. And they rely on others to help. And the, the other thing about schizophrenia is it is, uh, comes in many layers. Uh, some people have it severely, and some people are sort of schiz uh, schizophrenic. They just have little bits of it. They have uh, smaller episodes, and, and so what happens is they can live, some of these folks, uh, with medication and therapy and keeping a good support system, they can live a normal life, um, but some can't. Some just can't, and so, you know, this is a disorder that varies based on people. It also comes and goes. Uh, they have episodes where they're just absolutely schizophrenic, and they can have episodes where they're fairly normal. Um, you know, it, it affects both men and women similarly, although some research points to an earlier onset of symptoms in men, and, and that's usually the truth. Men and boys, oftentimes you can see it coming around 15 and about 18 is when it fully blossoms. Uh, for women, Strangely, it's usually in the mid-20s, early 20s, it's, you see the onset, and then it blossoms about 28. Um, you know, and that's not everybody, but that's, that's pretty much how it happens in both men and women. That's, that's a general statement. You know, this is because the first sign of the illness can include a change of friends, a drop of grades, sleep problems, irritability, uh, common behaviors among teens, so it's hard to differentiate is this you being a teenager or you becoming schizophrenic, but a combination of factors can predict schizophrenia up to 80% of, of youth who are at high risk of developing the illness. The, these factors include like uh, isolating themselves, withdrawing from others, 
uh, an increase in unusual thoughts and suspicions, a lot of paranoia, a lot of conspiracy theory. And they oftentimes have a family history, which is how you identify schizophrenia of psychosis. In, in young people who develop the disease, this stage of the disorder, when symptoms are vague and easy to miss, call uh, it's called the uh, prodormal prodormal uh, uh, period. Sorry about that. But the the strange thing is, people with schizophrenia may display hostility or aggression. And it should be noted that the vast majority of people with schizophrenia are not aggressive and pose more danger to themselves than they do to anyone else. Now, it is a typical chronic condition, and people with this, this particular diagnosis of schizophrenia cope with the symptoms throughout their entire life. It is an organic disorder. It is a malfunction of the brain, and it is a disease. It, this, is, no, this is not a thought problem. This is an actual uh, disorder. It's an actual disease. And uh, the other thing is, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, a triplic- uh, it's typically a chronic condition, and people with the diagnosis, they, they, uh, they work with this at varying degrees throughout their entire life. Many people with schizophrenia can lead uh, normal, meaningful lives in their communities. You know, researchers have developed more effective medications and using new research tools to understand the causes of schizophrenia, which is the good news. And in the years to come, this work may actually produce a cure. You know, experts think schizophrenia is caused by a whole lot of different factors. Genes and environment are number one. Uh, the, The scientists have long known that schizophrenia runs in families. The illness occurs in approximately 1% of the general population, but it occurs in 10% of the people who have first-degree relatives with this particular disorder or something like it. And so that uh, people who have second-degree relatives like aunts, uncles, grandparents, and cousins with with the disorder of schizophrenia also develop schizophrenia more often than the general population. So the risk is highest. For, for an identical twin of a person with schizophrenia. They have a 40 to 65% chance of developing the disorder if they're a, gen, a, a genetic twin. Okay, you know, we inherit our genes from both, both parents. So scientists believe that the genes are associated with an increased risk of schizophrenia, but no one gene that they know of causes it by itself. And we only have 32 common genes. In fact, the research has shown that people with schizophrenia tend to have higher rates of rare uh, genetic uh, mutations. So, uh, and other recent studies suggest that schizophrenia may result from a certain gene that is essentially making important brain chemicals malfunction. And this problem could affect the brain involved in developing higher functioning skills. So the research into the gene is continues to go on. And it only takes... Uh, a, you know, it, it likely takes more than genes to cause the disorder because different brain chemistry and structure can also happen. And that's not necessarily genetic. You know, the scientists think that an imbalance in, in the uh, complex uh, inter, uh, interrelated chemical reactions in the brain involving, uh, let's say, the neurotransmitters, dopamine, uh, glutamate, 
and possibly others, play a role in schizophrenia. So the neurotransmitters are substances that allow the brain cells to communicate with each other. But scientists are learning more about brain chemistry and its link to schizophrenia. Also, drug use, you know, particularly marijuana. Uh, uh, there is a huge body of evidence that indicates that smoking marijuana increases the risk of experiencing a psychosis and triggering schizophrenia into full bloom. You know, so there's a lot of roots to schizophrenia. Now, you know, many people think that with schizophrenia that they have like a split personality. But, you know, this could come from, uh, you know, the uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, in which the, the, the sane and the upright doctor experimenting with uh, mind-altering drugs descends into the Mr. Hyde with tragic results. But schizophrenia, which affects, you know... Every 125 people worldwide, it's not really like Jekyll and Hyde. It, it, it's, you know, it's true that schizo uh, from ancient Greek means split. And phrenia is harder to translate, but originally it, it meant bit or bridle, something assisting a rider controlling a horse. And in the human anatomy, the, world came, uh, the, the word came from uh, to refer to a diagram or a membrane that rises and falls with our breathing. So, you know, it's, it's strange where the, the, this word came from and how it came together. But, um, you know, susceptible people usually develop schizophrenia in their teens and their early 20s, like we said before. But before that, their brains and minds seem to be working okay. Then suddenly it goes wrong and the brain gets broken and uh, mental functions go really crazy. But nobody really has discovered precisely what is the heart of the problem. We know there's biological factors such as uh, abnormal brain anatomy, alterations in brain chemistry, genetic influences, the effects of uh, toxic substances. And like I said, cannabis, marijuana can play a big role in this. Uh, a lot of people that are schizophrenic are very addicted to marijuana. You know, but usually treatment with medications, they have to use what are called antipsychotics and mood stabilizers to suppress the symptoms. But they're not going to get rid of the symptoms. They're just suppressing them. You know, they're always, you know... They're always, if you look at a schizophrenic person, you don't want to label them as a schizophrenic. You want to label them as a person with schizophrenia. Um, you know, schizophrenic is kind of a, a bad term if you're socializing with somebody like that. It's a label. But, you know, it is also a, a disorder. And so we have to be real about it. But we want to make sure that people with schizophrenia are referred to as somebody that has schizophrenia, not a schizophrenic. You know, um, you know, the typical person will have been doing fine at home when something starts to go wrong. For many people, it is the focus of consciousness starts to go awry and switches rapidly on and off and occasionally at first and then more consistently. And there are also many gaps in the flow of their mental activity. So imagine, you know, like watching a, a, a television program. Then the screen very briefly goes blank uh, and when the picture and the sound return, it is tuned to another channel or another program. That's kind of what these episodes look like. You start watching that and then it happens again and you try to get back to the first program, but as you, as you uh, proceed, it's harder and harder to get back there. That's kind of how schizophrenia works in the mind. It's episodes and they escape reality and then they come back 
and they're in a different place. And it's, it's just very strange for them. You know, it's wise to think of uh, people with schizophrenia as having healthy functioning mind trying to make sense of the world and get better control. And, and, but that part of that brain is just broken. You know, successful uh, people that treat schizophrenia always try to work with the healthy part, even when the symptoms seem to be overwhelming. So when the mind blinks, so to speak, it goes blank briefly, and then it switches channels. So the thoughts become vague, elliptical, and obscure, and they can no longer easily master and follow a series of instructions or a plan or carry out a course of actions. They often feel very impotent and useless, and they also may respond really badly when uh, pressure is put on them to achieve the way uh, they had been able to achieve before they had the schizophrenic symptoms. And so irritability is very common with people with schizophrenia or on their way to schizophrenia. You know, the person naturally feels a deep sense of being invaded. Their thoughts, their feelings, their actions seem to be known to other people as if perhaps they were inserted or withdrawn from their own minds or their own life. And so they feel invaded upon. That's why they have these paranoid features. You know, they readily develop a lot of false beliefs about being targeted and persecuted. That's because they blank. They blank out. They lose reality. And they go into a different world. And they mistrust all, all people, including close family members, who are themselves having a very difficult time understanding what seems to be happening to this person. And there are changes in patterns. You know, affected people may, for instance, isolate themselves a lot of the time and as a way of coping with the sensations of outside interference and as a demands of well-meaning but misplaced encouragement. You know, other symptoms, hallucinations, uh, are, are hallucinatory voices, and these oftentimes take on a religious perspective where they become, uh, they think they're the devil, or they think they're Jesus, or they think they're God. Uh, these are very, very common with people with schizophrenia. But in the earlier stages, a teenager or a young adult will only rarely consider, much less the idea that they have a mental illness, and go for a professional help. Usually the person keeps quiet about it, they have difficulty concentrating in class, and they may try harder at first in an almost an obsessional way, and eventually they're unable to keep up. And it's common for such a person to fall behind and often to drop out of school and later to give up their employment. They may self-medicate on recreational drugs, and that just makes it worse because they're already becoming psychotic. Now they turn to recreational drugs or alcohol and all of a sudden they begin to self-defeat and they cannot cope, nor can the people who have to support them have an uh, easy time coping. You know, there's a lot that's been written about the emotional state of people with schizophrenia on how their mood can appear shallow or volatile or, or incongruous, and, and some forms of schizophrenia are thought to include like a depressive component as part of the illness process. But, you know, it could be that the depression is not necessarily a part of the uh, schizophrenia, but it's, it's part of the condition of their life. That in itself could be the, a thought disorder detached from schizophrenia that can possibly be dealt with through cognitive therapy. You know, a, a healthy mind of the sufferer will also recognize that unable to finish school, they'll be unable to find a decent job, and 
not uh, be attractive to others because of their behaviors. They also oftentimes have kind of a sweet smell. Uh, schizophrenic people, they take on this kind of sweet body odor smell. It's, it's very strange, but it's also very common. You know, and they also have a lot of trouble finding a life partner. You know, with poor job, poor marriage prospects, low income, the genetic disorder, uh, they miss out on a whole lot of things that seem necessary for simple human happiness. So you have to realize that that in itself is depressing. And that in itself is very hard for them to cope with. You know, in, in a natural, healthy way, they may feel unhappy about that and perhaps being angry or ashamed because they're somewhat aware that they're very different than other people. The people that take schizophrenia head-on, that, that face it and know that they have it, have a much better chance of trying to function with it and work with it and wrestle with it. You know, it's, been a, it's, it's really a privilege when you work with people like that because they are so unique and so different. And uh, they're very special. They're very special people. And a lot of them, like I say, if they're going to do harm, they usually will do more harm to themselves. You know, there's five types of schizophrenia. Number one is paranoid schizophrenia. Number two is a disorganized schizophrenia. There's a catatonic schizophrenia. There's a residual schizophrenia. And there's also a schizoaffective disorder. You know, although these are related, each category of this disease presents a whole lot of different symptoms. Schizophrenia displays what's called positive symptoms, which are added to one's personality, like as uh, paranoia, hallucinations, disordered speech. Uh, there's also negative sy uh, symptoms, which is, uh, that means they take away from their personality, like social withdrawal, apathy, emotional unresponsiveness. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about each of those categories when we come back, and then we're going to go into related disorders, and we're going to look at the symptoms in teens and how to recognize. Come back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. encouraged and connected on our lively award-winning healthy living power hour star style be the star you are with host and empowerment architect cynthia bryan live every wednesday at 4 p.m pacific on the voice america empowerment channel tune in to the power party for positive uplifting life-changing talk radio visit starstyleradio.com
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about the mind of a schizophrenic, the schizophrenic mind. Now, you know, schizophrenia, uh, they, I just broke down, there's five different types. But what's, under, what's really important to understand on this is that not all of schizophrenic uh, these the, not all schizophrenics are alike, but there are five basic categories of how they show schizophrenia. Number one, there's the paranoia schizophrenia, and basically this particular uh, uh, type of schizophrenia is characterized by very extreme paranoid delusions, suspicions, grandiose thinking. Then there's the catatonic schizophrenia, and that shows symptoms such as social withdrawal, an unwillingness to speak or communicate. And also, these uh, catatonics usually have uh, very weird, unusual body positions, but it, it doesn't always include delusions and paranoia with this particular type of schizophrenia. Then there's the disorganized schizophrenics, and they often behave erratically, and they're often incoherent in both thought and speech. And so they're just having gibberish with themselves, uh, basically. They're very disorganized. They have no method of living their life. And also then there's a residual schizophrenia. And this is also given to individuals who no longer show the symptoms, such as hallucinations and delusions, but have no interest in continuing on with a normal life. So they just kind of collapse. And lastly, there's a schizoaffective disorder. And these both suffer from schizophrenia and a significant and disabling mood disorder such as depression or bipolar. Now, there, there have, uh, you know, a few disorders have some of the same symptoms as schizophrenia, and these are called schizophrenia spectrum disorders. And there's, number one, the schizotypal personality disorder. Now, what is a post, uh, personality disorder? Well, it's a person that has been affected by their childhood, usually by abuse, neglect, uh, some severe trauma, uh, severe lack of, of being taken care of. And so this type of personality, a person with a schizotype of personality, doesn't necessarily have the genetic disorder, but what they have is the symptoms. And so they develop, uh, they uh, have a really difficult time basically developing close relationships with other people. They hold, often hold beliefs that aren't shared by other people. And in, in their same culture, and the person may also have unusual behaviors and a lot of learning disabilities. Um, there's also a schizoid personality disorder, and this person is very aloof from other people, and they don't show many emotions. These people have a hard time being out in public. You'll see them wearing sunglasses even when they're inside. They just do not want to be approachable. They don't want to socialize, and they, they basically turn into little hermits living day-to-day uh, uh, -day doing the same things. Uh, they're also very territorial. 
there's also delusional disorder, and people with a delusional disorder believe things that could happen but are unlikely to happen. So this is like schizophrenia, but it's purely a delusional disorder. So, for example, a person with this may believe that they have cancer despite several negative test results. The person has no other uh, psychotic symptoms except those related to the particular delusion that they have, and they're able to live a functional daily life, but they hold these beliefs that aren't true, and they live within that delusion. Also, there's called a schizoaffective disorder. People with schizoaffective disorder have the same symptoms as people with schizophrenia, but they also have episodes of depression and times when they feel extremely happy or have lots of energy, and that's called mania. So, uh, you know, also the last one is schizophreniform disorder. And people with schizophreniform disorder have the same symptoms as people with schizophrenia, but their illness episodes do not last long. They only last one to six months. And they also may have many problems getting along with other people. So, you know, schizophrenia shows itself as I'm going into all these symptoms. I'm trying to help you understand that it looks different in almost every schizophrenic. You know, uh, symptoms come in with teens, and this is what you want to really tune into so you can see if it's coming in a teenage person. Uh, you know, it affects approximately 2.7 million Americans. And a, a majority of those start showing signs of the condition in, in their early teen years. And in the early stages of schizophrenia, the condition can often go way undiagnosed. And similarly, between mental health condition and what could be considered just bad adolescent behaviors like fatigue, changes in personality, hostility, uh, many credit the rapid physical, emotional, behavior transitions occurring to pre-adult years and therefore the or hormonal imbalances or growing pains and oftentimes the schizophrenia is overlooked. So, uh, you know, here's the early warning signs. Number one is with social withdrawal. It, it's common for those suffering from schizophrenia, for example, uh, a once social and friendly uh, teenager may suddenly seek isolation, become very suspicious, and paranoid of the intentions of others. And once again, this could happen in the 20s. This could happen in the 30s, all the way up to 40. Schizophrenia uh, takes place somewhere between 14 to 40. Uh, also, that lack of emotions. You know, uh, that's a very common sign in schizophrenia is on its way. The lack of emotions. However, you can understand how you may shrug this off as a typical apathetic teenage response, but the individual may be unable to express feelings of joy, be totally unable to cry, uh, where they, uh, or they could be also the opposite, where they can't stop crying or they laugh uncontrollably. So their whole demeanor may appear indifferent to what the world normally considers to be stressful or emotional situation. So even their gaze is expressionless when asked a question or for an opinion. Also, insomnia. Insomnia is very normal as a schizophrenic early warning sign. It's common for them experiencing the early stages of schizophrenia to be unable to sleep through the night. In fact, you may find them up reading, watching television, or on the computer for all hours of the night because they're frustrated and they cannot sleep. And so this insomnia will lead to uh, excessive fatigue, an inability to focus, and an attribute to a sudden apathetic attitude in life in general. Um, also, unexplained hostility, another early warning sign. Any shift in basic personality 
may come on suddenly, particularly when it comes to showing hostility to people that are figures of authority, like teachers, parents, bosses. So this may often result uh, from frustration they have of being able to unable to concentrate or cope with even minor things and minor problems. And it, it may cause them to be very frustrated. They get into these uh, sometimes even violent outbursts. Also, lack of hygiene, a sudden lack of hygiene. This is so common in the early symptoms of schizophrenia. It's, it's, it's with a very swift decline and a neglect of basic personal hygiene. You may, again, shrug this off as typical teenage behavior, but it can seem strange at a time when your teen's hormones are raging and you would think they would want to be with somebody. So, uh, you know... It, it, there's things of neglect that take place, like they don't brush their teeth, they don't, uh, they're wearing the same dirty clothes day after day, they refuse to shower, and that, that can indicate an underlying mental health issue. Another early symptom is a decline in social relationships. You know, along with intense demand to be alone, a teen may abandon very strong social relationships and long-standing activities. All of a sudden, their best friends, they're just detached from. You know, for instance, they may show no interest in hanging out with these old friends they've had for ages or engage in sports activity or even hobbies that they used to do for years. They just lose their passion. They lose their sense of connectedness. Also, they get very sensitive to noise and light. You know, this is uh, an unusual sudden sensitivity to environmental stimulus such as loud noises, intense light, even colors. That indicates that an underlying mental health problem, for instance, constant loud noise such as crowds may cause a person with schizophrenia to become agitated and completely shut down. Another thing that is an early warning sign, and it doesn't have to be one or it could be one or all of these as early warning signs, it, this one's a big one, self-inflicted harm. A person who's schizophrenic may also be suddenly prone to self-harm. For instance, they may start uh, hitchhiking or, or taking foolish risks with drugs and alcohol use. Schizophrenic people are also prone to irrationally changing their appearances, like shaving their heads, as well as self-harm, like cutting or making threats or to self-mutilate. Another thing that they do as an early warning is, is uh, escapism meaning that the teen may disappear for long periods of time without explanation, you know, especially uh, after a conflict. And they also may run away or move frequently as a means of escape. And, uh, but the biggest thing is they recoil uh, to human contact. They show signs of withdrawal from any physical contact, either refusing to touch other people or recoiling if others try to touch them. And it may become so intense that they actually wrap their hands with paper or gloves and refuse to uh, remove them. So we have to look at schizophrenic, and I know we're getting in a lot of clinical information, but it's important to understand how this thing looks and how it operates. You know, now how... We handle a schizophrenic can also be very important. If they're in a crisis, you know, there's some actions that can really avoid disaster. And so you need to reverse any escalation from uh, psychotic symptoms and provide immediate protection and support for in yourself and the schizophrenic. There's, there's things always go better if you speak softly and in simple sentences and seldom Will a person suddenly lose total control of thoughts, feelings, and behaviors? So warning signs include when they're uh, sleepless, ritualistic preoccupation with certain activities, 
suspiciousness, unpredictable outbursts. Uh, during these early stages, uh, a full a full blown crisis can sometimes be averted. So recognizing that uh, you know if the person ceased to take medications, you know you want to encourage them to get back on the medications. These people cannot function well without their ma- uh, medications. So when you're confronting a schizophrenic, you do not want to agitate the scene. You don't you don't want to patronize them, and you don't want to use authoritative statements. You, you don't want to threaten them. You don't want to shout. You don't want to criticize, quabble, you know, squabble with them, bait, bait them, stand over them, avoid continuous eye contact. And you certainly don't want to, you want to comply with their requests and also don't block the doorway. These are things that you don't want to do if you're entering a situation with a schizophrenic when they're getting into their rage. Um, now, here's how to cope with them. You want to go slowly. You know, recovery takes a long time, and rest is very important. So things will get better in their own time. You know, coping with schizophrenia, you, you need to uh, have less stimulation. You want to keep their environment cool. You know, enthusiasm is normal, but tone it down. Uh, disagreement is normal, but tone it down. Everything has got to be down, 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 down. You also want to give them space. You know, timeout is important for everyone, but it's okay to offer, and it's okay to refuse. You also want to set limits and have structure so everyone needs to know what the rules are. They have to have structure because they feel so paranoid oftentimes and so scared in this world that they need to know what those rituals are. Those rituals become their life. And you also have to let things slide with schizophrenic people. Ignore what you can't change. You know, don't ignore violence, but you certainly can't change everything that they have to say or have done that doesn't make sense. And you want to keep things simple with the schizophrenic person. In anybody with schizophrenia, they need to have simplification. Clear, calm, positive communication is very important to them. They're also make sure if they go to a doctor that you go with them and that they follow the doctor's orders. It's increasingly important, especially in the days of medication that they have that can really help them and give them a confidence, self-esteem, is to get to the doctor and have a shared a, a shared uh, view of what schizophrenia looks like and what needs to happen to make this particular person better. You also want to socialize and carry on business as usual. You can't just walk around it. You don't want to be like the relative or the parent of a schizophrenic person, you want to actually move on with your life and you just include them. They walk with you. Also, if you bring street drugs or alcohol around a schizophrenic person, they have a very strong propensity to want to go after that stuff and actually make it a part of their life. So if you're going to have that in your environment, you're probably going to affect the schizophrenic person that lives with you. And also, you want to pick up on early signs of relapse. Note changes such as inappropriate fear or annoyance. That means an episode may be coming on. And so you want to divert that by recognizing what the signs of an episode look like. And with schizophrenic people, you have to solve problems step by step. You have to make changes gradually, one thing at a time. If you try to make a schizophrenic person multitask, that's going to be very difficult for them. They're very linear in their thinking. That means they think in a line. So you, you really don't, you know, with them, they're, they're, they're basically in the middle of a thought 
and if you interrupt them, it really hurts. So they got you got to be a good listener with schizophrenic people. Also, you want to lower your expectations, you know, temporarily. Uh, you, you know, you, you want to compare this month to last month rather than last year to next year. Um, you know, you want to make your comparisons very small. You don't want to make your comparisons broad as far as what worked last year and what, that's too far back. It's month by month, week by week. And that, that's how a schizophrenic person can stabilize. What you're trying to avoid with therapy and with, um, with medication is trying to help the schizophrenic person uh, be able to have less episodes in their life. You, and if they do have episodes, they're toned down from what they normally would have been. So if you're a family member of a schizophrenic, you have to realize you cannot cure a mental disorder for a family. And, and despite your efforts, symptoms may get worse or they may improve, and it's not your fault. Also, if you feel resentment, you're giving too much. And, and it's hard for the individual to accept the disorder as it is for other family members. So you have, you know, a, a person with schizophrenia, it is a family problem. It is a family problem because the family has to interact with it. And it's very unpredictable. You know, it is also hard, uh, you know, acceptance of schizophrenia by all people in a family is very helpful. It's not always necessary, but it's usually very helpful because it keeps the environment calm. You know, a delusion will not go away by reasoning. And you have to understand that. With somebody that is delusional, they're living in a delusion. They're not in reality. And you've got to let them go. You can't just, uh, you just want to keep them safe. But you have to realize you're not going to convince them and reason with them. You also have to learn something about yourself as a, a, as a family member. You're going to learn a lot about your patience. You're going to learn a lot about your ability to listen. Because you're going to have to do it much better with a schizophrenic person. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more to what the uh, person in a family needs to do to help themselves. And uh, we'll talk also about the treatment of schizophrenia. Come right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft 
at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, now we're talking about the schizophrenic mind, and I'm trying to focus this part on the family members and what they need to do to take care of themselves and also love the person, the schizophrenic person. You might hate the disorder, but you want to love the person. And uh, you have to also under uh, separate medication side effects from the disorder and the person because oftentimes these uh, antipsychotic medications will uh, make them a little bit more uh, out of touch because they can, basically they're trying to calm them down, calm the brain down, but at the same time, they may lose a lot of energy in taking those medications. You know, uh, if you're a sibling or an adult child of someone with, with schizophrenia, there's a 10 to 14% chance that uh, somebody in the family is going to get it also. And so you have to realize that this disorder carries on and carries on for century after century, decade after decade in a family. And, and it will stay there. It will stay in a family until it's finally, and I hate to say this term, bred out. You know, um, your children's chances are approximately 2 to 4% compared to the general population of, of 1% if you have schizophrenia in your family. You know, the illness of a family member is nothing to be ashamed of. And if you're a family member, you have to realize that reality is that you may encounter discrimination from a very apprehensive public who does not understand the schizophrenia. And no one's to blame. The biggest thing is you don't want to forget your sense of humor. You know, it may be necessary to renegotiate your emotional relationship uh, with that person. And it also may be necessary to revise your expectations of that person. And uh, the success is going to be measured. It's not always going to be what you want it to be. You know, in dealing with a schizophrenic person, you really want to work in terms of preferences rather than expectations. Because this disorder floats and it comes in all degrees and it, it, it changes all the time. So the deal is, is that you want to basically turn everything into a preference. I prefer, I prefer. Then you have less emotional attachment to what you're having to work with and a less, uh, less frustration. You also have to acknowledge the remarkable courage of the schizophrenic family member who may show dealing with that mental disorder. If they're challenging the disorder, if they're fighting that disorder, you really want to compliment them and recognize how strong they are for doing that because it is so difficult. It is so difficult. And, and you know, also you have to realize that you are entitled to your own life's journey and so are they. And you cannot just hover around them your whole life and make your life about their disorder. You need to also make room for you. So, you know, the survival-oriented response is often to shut down your emotional life. But you want to resist this. You want to walk with it. You don't want to walk away from it. And you don't want to walk into the disorder and make that everything about your life. You know, the inability to talk about feelings may leave you stuck or frozen. And you need to realize that because with a person with schizophrenia... Uh, oftentimes they just are not emotionally connected. So you really cannot uh, sometimes make room for your emotions with them. So you have to find healthy outlets for yourself. You know, uh, you also have to recognize that family relationships may be in dis disarray in the confusion around the schizophrenia. And so different people in the family are going to have different degrees 
of patience and frustration and anger and emotion. And so though the family may be doing well, certain individuals may not be interacting with the schizophrenia that well. You know, and, and generally, those closest in sibling order and gender become emotionally enmeshed, while those further out become estranged in most families. You know, uh, grief issues for siblings are about what you had and lost. And for adult children, the issues are about what you never had. After denial, sadness, anger comes, acceptance. The, the, the addition of understanding will yield compassion for the schizophrenic person. You know, the mental illnesses, like other diseases, are a part of the fabric of life, but they're also intangible, especially in some forms of the schizophrenia. It, you just don't see it coming. It's not like they have a, a, had surgery or sitting in a wheelchair. It's not like that. You can't see it. And since you can't see it, it's really hard for people to identify it and to uh, connect with schizophrenia and understanding. And, um, you know, mental illnesses are, are not a continuum with mental health. Mental illness is a biological brain disease. And so it's, it's absurd for you to believe that you may uh, correct a physical illness such as uh, diabetes. You know, you cope with it. You cope with it. That's the problem. It's not yet been solved. They haven't not been able to solve it. So we have to learn how to cope with schizophrenia. You know, um, you also want to get as much information. If schizophrenia has entered your life of your family, you also want to get as much understanding of what it looks like. And so listening to this podcast, that's a good thing. But there's also lots of information out there. And doctors are a very good place to go to to get information on schizophrenia. You know, it, 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 may, be a, um, it may be a class of disorders instead of a singular disorder. And so you have to understand that schizophrenia comes with all kinds of different disorders that are meshed into it. Psychotic disorder, you know, uh, depression, uh, anxiety, all of those come into schizophrenia. It's, it's, it's just literally strange behavior is a symptom of the disorder. So, you know, you don't want to take it personal. It just happens. It's, there is no, it's, it's, there's all kinds of triggers in the brain but there is no logical thing that leads to how they come out with their conclusions and how their behavior has arrived. You know, um, the, the other thing is, if a person has identical diagnosis, you have to realize that it doesn't mean there's an identical cause or a course or a symptom. So if there's depression in the family, it doesn't mean it's attributed to because somebody was schizophrenic in the family. That's not necessarily the case. You know, depression is a thought disorder with some genetic functions involved in it that enhance it. But you have to understand that, that uh, not all disorders lead to another disorder. And so, you know, you have the right, by the way, you know, if you have a psychotic schizophrenic in your family, you have the right to be safe. And you have the right to assure your personal safety. And if you have to go to uh, the Department of Human Services, federal government, whatever it is, or a group home, something, get use, using your insurance to get them into a safer environment and so that you can be safe, that is extremely important for you. Unfortunately, a lot of these schizophrenics just end up on the streets because their families just can't deal with it. And so getting resources for them can be very helpful for you and helpful for them, and maybe they can get some semblance of a normal life. You know, you don't want to shoulder the whole responsibility for somebody with schizophrenia. 
you're you're not a paid professional caseworker. You just want to work with them and your concerns. Um, you want to also uh, family members. You want to develop a system. You want to develop a support system around them, so that not one person is having to carry the weight of tending to the person with schizophrenia. You know, you also are going to make a lot of mistakes with a schizophrenic person, and uh, which is going to lead to conflict. It's going to lead to bad results. But you need to forgive yourself and other people for mistakes that have been made. You know, it's extremely important that you're going to be walking on eggshells if you're around somebody with schizophrenia. And so there are mistakes that are going to be made, and you need to forgive yourself because you didn't have bad intentions. You know, you may eventually uh, uh, find that you have a hard time forgiving people in the public who don't understand it, and it makes you angry. Well, you can't control that. And if you can't control it, there is no sense in holding emotional baggage around it. But the biggest thing is to learn more about mental disorders such as schizophrenia. And, and uh, you know, basically it may be therapeutic for you also to, to help others if you can't help your family member. You may end up needing to support mom and dad a little bit better so they can spend more time helping the person, the, the sibling with schizophrenia. Um, it is never, uh, but it, here's a big thing, you know, a suicide rate of 10% is out there with people that have schizophrenia. And so you always want to be somewhat checking in on their emotions and their behaviors. Uh, a lot of schizophrenic people have major depression and manic states and so uh, delusional thoughts. And so what you have to understand is you really have to not only understand have they ever thought about suicide but understand the signs that they may be thinking about hurting themselves schizophrenic people live oftentimes a suicidal life and and you also have to realize if you're supporting somebody with schizophrenia that you're not alone okay this is so important now treating uh, and living as a schizophrenic person here's the deal antipsychotic medication have a great psychiatrist a great psychiatrist, not a good one, a great one. And, and if you have to go 100 miles to find them, find them. It's worth it. It's worth it because you're talking about your lifestyle. You're talking about your life and the ability to have a life. Also, um, how can you live with the illness is something you have to think about. You know, best thing you can do is take an active role in managing the illness if you have schizophrenia. Learn what the warning signs of relapse and have a plan of action to deal with the symptoms. So the sooner you respond, the less time you'll spend recovering. You'll also uh, learn uh, coping skills and to deal with the worst and most persistent symptoms that are out there. So oftentimes uh, drug use and schizophrenia go hand in hand. So if, you, if you've been abusing drugs and alcohol, there are many places that will offer treatment for your drug addiction and the mental illness, and you may get better results. So sometimes uh, going to an in, uh, in facility uh, rather than a, uh, a residential facility, rather than an outpatient facility, is a good thing. And, you know, you have to, if you have schizophrenia, you have to be able to understand you need to engage your family where you need help. So usually, uh, you know, if there, people are released uh, from treatment for schizophrenia, they're usually released into the family uh, members' hands. And so the deal is they need to be educated on what needs to happen, and they need to be brought forth 
and, and given the knowledge of what causes the psychotic symptoms of schizophrenia that you may be having. So it's very, very important that communicating triggers, communicating the things, managing the medication, not alone if you're schizophrenic. You want to have other people engaged in helping you with your medication. It is the number one thing that's going to help your life. But the number two thing is getting a psychologist or a therapist that you can relate to. Very important. And they have experience with this disorder. If you can do that, you sometimes can manage this thing and have what's called a somewhat normal life. Okay, now let's look at a couple of symptoms that we didn't talk about. Cognitive symptoms is like poor executive functioning, uh, trouble focusing on paying attention, problems with uh, your working memory, slower processing speed. These are cognitive signs that uh, schizophrenia is there. Uh, some physical symptoms uh, would be like a blank, vacant facial expression, inability to smile or express emotion through the face, uh, overly acute senses such as lights are too bright, sounds are too loud, staring while in deep thought with infrequent blinking. Uh, this is a very common uh, physical symptoms of, uh, of schizophrenia. Also, they, they're cl often clumsy. Uh, they have poor motor skills. Sleep disturbances are are oftentimes part of it. It could either be insomnia or excessive sleeping. Also, uh, very common is involuntary movements of the tongue or the mouth and uh, grimacing at, at the, the corners of the mouth with, with the face muscles, odd movements with the tongue. That's a very common uh, symptom of schizophrenia. Uh, also, they oftentimes have Parkinson-type uh, symptoms like rigidity, tremor, jerking arm movements, involuntary movements of the limbs, they also have uh, gestures, unusual gestures or postures, and uh, sometimes they have their movement speed up and con like constant pacing, or they slow down, like staying in bed, uh, which is called uh, catatonia. Now, there's feelings and emotions that are also examples, like the inability to experience joy or pleasure from activities. That is a big one. Uh, feeling nothing at all, another big one. Uh, appearing desireless, like seeking nothing, wanting nothing. Another common, common symptom. Hypersensitivity to criticism, insults, and hurt feelings. That is a big, big sign. Also, moods, irritability, anger, hostility, suspiciousness, and resentment. That, those, those encapture a lot, a lot of schizophrenia. Changes in behavior associated, it would be like dropping out of activities or life in general, inability to form or keep relationships, a lot of social isolation. These, these are changes in behavior. And also uh, what we look at is they have a lot of ruminating thoughts. And these are the same thoughts and they go round and round in their head and they just keep going. Past disappointments, missed opportunities, failed relationships. They just ruminate and ruminate and ruminate over that kind of stuff. All right. That's our show. Our next show is Living a Suicidal Lifestyle. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Love to hear from you. Get your feedback. DRGBMFT at SBCGlobal.net or Twitter at DRGBMFT. Now remember, you know someone is schizophrenic when their favorite holiday song is, Did You Hear What I Hear? Do You Hear What I Hear? <laughs> when people talk to God, it is called prayer. When God talks back, it's called schizophrenia. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. 
Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back. 